what you say you do here. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Very hard to say my name correctly. You're like, Brian! Yeah, Brian! Yeah. What's your deal, man? Your midweek download destination. I like his style. It's a sort of casual elegance. I'm slaying lame and I'm exposing frauds. This is pathetic. This is embarrassing. Mic drop. Turn off the podcast. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. All right, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the belated Stone on Air Weekly Dose for now what is April 6th. It is your midweek download destination available for download most every single Wednesday. First thing, really, that final, or excuse me, the prior night in the middle of the night, but designed to be available for the minute that your Wednesday begins. Well, I ran into a little bit of a snag this week. At Stone on Air and all the social medias, stoneonair.com. Every show has been archived there. Or just download it on your favorite podcasting app, whichever one that might be. Mine is Podcast Addict. That's the one that I use. If you have an iPhone, then you already have a preloaded podcasting app on your phone. And if you have an Android, you have many opportunities to download. But Podcast Addict is the one that I go through. So the other day, Tuesday night, Tuesday day, into Tuesday night, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I, I basically scrapped an entire show because I started looking at this thing just shortly after Congress uh, moves to overturn Obama-era online privacy rules. This is from the New York Times. By now, you've heard of this. 215 to 205 vote in the Senate to overturn this, uh, at the end of last year, ruling that your Internet service providers, your ISPs, that means your, um, your Comcast, your... EPB fiber optics, your AT&T, whoever is your service provider, can't sell your data information like Google and like Facebook and like Twitter and like all the other websites that you use almost every day. Almost every one of them sell your searching habits. And how you use the internet is traded amongst the entire industry. This isn't new news. Most people knew this. The difference in the ISPs is you pay for that service. You pay for that. It's a little bit there. It's, it's become the point of the Obama legislation was that this is now a utility. This is a basic function like a gas service, like a uh, telephone service, like a water service, like an electricity service. Internet is a utility and it should be regulated the same way. And what you do or don't think about that is not what this is, podcast is all about. I don't have a super strong opinion on this. I don't like the idea. EPB has come out and said they're not going to sell your uh, your data information. I don't believe them. I mean, that's fun to say right now. I believe that they will eventually. But and because they can. And since they can, why not? So that was began that story was not new, but it it started to pick up some steam and then I see this GoFundMe account from a guy named Adam uh, McElhaney, McElhaney, a local Chattanooga guy. And so I start looking at this and I see it's raised like $200,000 in basically 10 days. Now, what's this GoFundMe account for? Well, the, the basics is that he's trying to raise money to purchase the internet histories of certain political figures. The top he's even got on his website, it is, let's see, searchinternethistory.com, a poll for who's Internet history should be purchased first now that he's quote-unquote can be purchased. Again, it's not quite that simple. More on that coming up. 
Paul Ryan leads the uh, the voting. So his mission statement, which I'll get to it specifically here in a minute, is that we're going to get their internet history and make it available for everybody. And I can't help but get a little South Park uh, thoughts when I when I hear something like that from the last season of South Park. This was only a beta test, and soon the service will be available worldwide. Wait, so like they'll be releasing everyone's internet history? Uh, I gotta go. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. By next week, everything everyone has ever done online is gonna be available to the public. Then it's over. Once again, there is a chance that all your emails and your entire internet history has been made accessible to the public. Who the f are these emails to? And what the, what the f is MaryBudHorny.com? I've been hacked! Tell me I've been hacked! So, yeah, the South Parkification of the world and the country in America is certainly here. Uh, it's been around for a little while, but it's certainly South Park has become America. America has become South Park. So I'm, I'm throwing out the reg regular uh, formatics of the show. I'm not going to do a stone's throw. I'm just going to do this straight until I'm done with this segment. And then coming up in the final second and final segment of the show, uh, Adam McElhaney is going to join me uh, via phone to talk about his GoFundMe account his his mission and what his goals are and I, I'm not trying to be a hater or a lover of this I'm not a big fan I'm not a big hater I'm just I was trying to figure it out because a lot of it didn't make sense because I see all this two hundred thousand dollars being pledged in in 10 days and it's from a guy I've never heard of it's from a guy uh, that that I reached out to people I knew and they've never heard of so let's start from the beginning the GoFundMe campaign mission statement is this from the front page. I am Adam McElhaney, a privacy activist and net neutrality advocate from Chattanooga, Tennessee. I think that your private internet history should be yours. I also believe your internet should be neutral. I'm raising money to help secure these freedoms. It is my ultimate hope that we will be able to use these donations to restore our right to privacy. I have laid out a plan on our course of action. This isn't going to be easy and it will not be quick. I'm going to continue fighting for you. Should something happen and I fail you, I want you to know this money belongs to you and our cause. I have no intentions of keeping a nickel. I have no intentions of withdrawing any money until I am certain I can deliver. GoFundMe let me know that offering to route certain people's donations to different organizations is complex. That said, if we cannot buy the data in the end for whatever reason, we'll send funds to EFF, that's the Electronic Frontier Foundation, so they can continue fighting for this mission. Refunds will be possible, too. What started it all? Thanks to the Senate for passing SJ Res 34, now your internet history can be bought. I plan on purchasing the internet histories of all legislators, congressmen, executives, and their families and make them easily searchable at searchinternethistory.com. Anything they have looked at, searched for, or visited on the internet will now be available for everyone to comb through. So there's, there's the beginning. And so I start looking around Monday which would have been April 3rd, there was a front-page story, Private Matters. And it it's more about the overall voting and, and the nuts and bolts of all that, but it starts off, Chattanooga, Adam McElhaney, wants to know what U.S. House Rep. Speaker Paul Ryan does when he logs onto his computer and surfs the web. And then it goes on from there, about three or four paragraphs, 
Steve Johnson is the writer of this story for the Times Free Press. I don't get around to looking at it until Tuesday. I'm getting ready to do the podcast, and I'm like, hold on, whoa, whoa, hold on. 200 grand? This guy's from Chattanooga? Front page story? All right, let's look into this some more. I need to get this guy on the show. I need to see how he's become so successful, so viral with this money. At the time, still not even understanding exactly what this GoFundMe was all about. So I went to the comments section of the GoFundMe account, and I start seeing a bunch of cheerleading. Reach out to last week tonight. This is something they would support. Love this. Would love to donate. Just lots of, you know, keep going. I, I Fight, fight, fight. All this stuff. Well, then it gets to a comment from somebody named Myron. And this was a week ago, so the money was only around $46,000. So it says $46,000 collected and no plan presented on exactly how you intend to obtain this data. There is no plausible way to just legally ask for somebody's search history by name. I know the House vote on the FCC angered us, but this hasn't been thought through and your communications make it apparent. This is just preying off of people's misplaced aspirations. And then the, the comments are just all over the place. You can imagine with this many people, 13,000 different donor, uh, donors. So now I'm thinking, now I really need to talk to this guy. I'm not sure that this is the all above board or not, but I want to find out. So I go online. I start looking around. His Twitter handle is at Windmarble. His uh, Facebook page is already maxed out at 5,000 friends. Can't friend him. You can follow him. You can't friend him. Again, with no me and him having only like five mutual friends. I look at his website. It's exohive, E-X-O-H-I-V-E dot com. I go to the about section of the website. It says exohive is an indie software developer based in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We specialize in games for iOS, Android, and Xbox. But we do occasionally dabble in business software and other custom applications. When it comes to web design, we very much value the open source community and our preferred development environment entails using tools developed by the open source community, blah, 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 jargon. of. Okay, cool, whatever. I reach out to some people I know in the tech community. Have you heard of this company? They have not. So I'm beginning to just get more and more intrigued by this. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to try to get a hold of this guy. So I tweet. I email through his website, through that exohive.com. I Facebook message at him. I'm, try I'm trying to get through. I get nothing. So I think, okay, well, Steve Johnson from the Chattanooga Times Free Press must have a contact. He did a story on the guy, or at least portions of the story were about him. So Tuesday evening, I sent out emails to Steve Johnson for the Times Free Press telling him who I am and what I'm doing. Well, by the next morning, which would have been Wednesday the 5th, I get an email back from Steve Johnson. Nothing from Adam or anybody else, but keep in mind it's been less than 24 hours. But Steve gets right back to me, and it says, I wish I could help you, but I had no luck getting in touch with Adam either. I sent him several emails and also notes on Twitter, but I got no response. According to his LinkedIn, he teaches at Chattanooga State here, I'm assuming as an adjunct. You might try also leaving a message there. Love to hear from you if you get in touch because he posted that he had figured out a way to zero in on House Speaker Ryan's specific info and he would reveal it. But he never said specifically. And so that's that email from Steve over at the Times Free Press. So now I'm thinking the newspaper, one of the biggest ones in the South, tries to get a hold of you to give you publicity on this and you don't respond. I try to get a hold, he doesn't respond. And so I'm wondering now, why? What is going on here? So I start looking around 
and I find this tech site called TechCrunch.com. And this is a story by Taylor Hatmaker, released on March 29th, which would have been about six days ago from the time of this recording. The Weekly Dose, April 6, 2017. My name is Brian Stone, and this is the Stone on Air podcast. The headline, Don't Give Your Money to That GoFundMe to Buy Republicans' Browser Histories. It says, Have you seen the viral GoFundMe campaign floating around that vows to buy and publish the web histories of every politician and executive who is helping internet providers sell your data? Yeah? Well, don't give that dude your money. I'm all for wacky, clever revenge plots, but this one just looks like a straight-up scam. Whether self-proclaimed privacy activist Adam McElhaney means well or not, and he may, this campaign just doesn't make a lot of sense. And yet it's already made over $110,000. First of all, it's not like this sort of thing is a true open market where absolutely anything goes. Private individuals can't just waltz in, slam their money on the table, and demand targeted internet data on individual users, successful GoFundMe campaign or not. Sure, advertisers can buy web user data, but that's generally done in aggregate, and they have existing relationships that let them broker these kinds of deals to begin with, sketchy as they may seem. Second, I mean, yeah, it's hypocritical. If you care about privacy, like really believe in it, throwing your ideals out the window for a half-baked revenge plot isn't a very good look. And like I said, I like revenge just fine, but it's a dish best served cold. And anyone who gives a spit about privacy is still worked up from yesterday's nonsense. And, by the way, the GoFundMe wants to target not only the politicians and the telecom fat cats, but also their families. Not cool. Apparently, this campaign doesn't raise any red flags for GoFundMe, which provided TechCrunch with this statement. The campaign doesn't violate our terms of service. We are working directly with the campaign organizer to ensure the funds are managed appropriately. We encourage the campaign organizer to be transparent and continually provide updates on the campaign page. We will update when we hear more from GoFundMe about what that means exactly or if McElhaney responds to our request for comment. Like we said, he might mean well or he might not. It doesn't really matter. Save your cash for the battles that do. They're probably just right around the corner. So that got me thinking a whole new perspective of this. Is this even legit? Is this a real person? So I reach out to a handful of in-the-know people in Chattanooga, and I not one person's heard of him. Not one person knows who this person is or what or why he does anything. I emailed the girl who wrote the piece here for TechCrunch. Her name is Taylor Hatmaker. I put all the pertinent stuff in there, who I am, radio producer and host for many, many years. Now I do a podcast. I said, I've lived here 30 years and worked in media for half that time, and nobody knows who this guy is. She emailed me back within 20 minutes. Says, that's interesting. He was responsive to me by Twitter and email, but only after I published a story criticizing him. Pretty interesting that he isn't known locally at all. He also isn't known in online privacy circles as far as I can tell. I'm happy to help and will also be keeping an eye on what happens with this money. So finally, I put on my Facebook page coming on the next Stone On Air podcast, the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Coming up on April 6, 2017 on the Weekly Dose, who is this guy? What is he doing? How does he raise 200 some thousand dollars in a 10-day span on a GoFundMe account? 
And why can't I find anybody who knows anything about him? One of the messages left on that post is from my friend Wes Phelps, which links me to a Reddit thread, which has like 1,600 or a whole bunch of responses. And it's to this specific post from a guy with an alias called Metronome. And this is a response to the entire idea generally that he can just start buying people's internet usage and, and, and exposing it to the public. And this is portions of that post. I do this for a living. The data you can buy from ISPs is very limited. Basically, we're talking about anonymized aggregate segments. There's no way to buy someone's history or even buy everyone's history. When someone buys data, the buyer doesn't get Andy likes anal and Asians. They get the user with cookie ID number 4AE74 is likely male between 25 and 40. And that data is used to better target you with products and services you might enjoy. ISPs only want to have the right to do the same thing with the added benefit that they have more reliable data and a more holistic view of the user. A couple of the responses was, well, Google doesn't have government-sanctioned monopolies across vast swaths of the country. That's the difference for me. And another one also is, I'm also not paying Google. I pay my internet service provider. This is just another revenue stream for them that won't be used to improve infrastructure. So that's kind of a, you know, back and forth, which one do you agree with? Why is it ideological kind of conversation? But the point being, you're not getting specific information. You're getting broad, generalized information in these transactions between websites and users and ISPs and users. So what exactly is this guy trying to do with this website and this GoFundMe account? And Jason McElhaney joins me next to tell me and you exactly what his intentions are. I'm not taking sides, and I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything. I'm just trying to understand what all this is about. And Jason McElhaney joins me next on the Stone On Air podcast, the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance. My name is Brian Stone, and I will be right back. you get another copy of that memo at stoneonair.com and you are back with the stone on air podcast my name is brian stone thank you for finding the show however it is you do so when i walk beside her Looking forward to being at the Chattanooga Film Festival on April 9th for a special edition of the Stone On Air long-form interview show. Not really sure. Underground invited me, so not really sure what I'm going to do there yet, but looking forward to doing it. And I'll talk more about the Pilgrimage Festival in Nashville. Eddie Vedder is a headliner. Justin Timberlake is a headliner. Ryan Adams is a headliner. And it goes on and on and on, but this week... This show got kind of flipped upside down for the second week in a row with big local stories. And earlier today, I talked to Jason McElhaney, the starter of the GoFundMe account that has 
as of April 6, 2017, over $210,000. And that conversation is right now. Joining me now on the Stone On Air podcast is Adam McElhaney. And uh, we've spent the first half of the show talking about uh, the GoFundMe page and the Senate vote all the way around, so we don't need to reset all of that. But let's see. So I don't know much about you, and that was why I reached out to you. You are a privacy activist, a net neutrality advocate is uh, basically all I really know. If you give me kind of a background, what you've been up to and what, um, and, and just a little bit about yourself, if you wouldn't mind. Sure. No, that's that's pretty much, you know, uh, a good description of what I've been trying to do here recently. Uh, I'm always sharing things with my my friends about privacy and net neutrality issues. And, you know, it kind of falls on deaf ears because a lot of people just don't understand, you know, having your privacy violated is a lot different than having your car searched. And if it's out of sight, out of mind, people don't generally seem to, to care too much about it. So, you know, this GoFundMe um, I created and it kind of just exploded, it went viral literally overnight. Um, and it's really gotten a lot of attention to this repeal of this uh, FCC rule that has, um, you know, been in, uh, that they um, try to push through really, really quickly over the weekend. Um, I think Thursday or Friday, the Senate passed it to be repealed. And then on Monday, the House repealed it. And then I think President Trump signed off on it yesterday or the day before. Um, so, yeah, this has been bringing a lot of attention to something that I think they wanted to kind of keep uh, quiet. Well, the idea of this GoFundMe page or a campaign, I should say, is it something that just after the the, the, the first vote was on March 23rd? Is this right. so, something that you thought of as that was happening? Did you see this vote coming in the future? Is this something you thought about? Is, is this something ideas conceptually you've been kicking around? No, I mean, this ideally, this has been something that I've been kind of kicking around. I wanted to do something that got people's attention to this issue. I wanted to show people that a possible future, a dark future in which your privacy is traded on is coming. And it's been kind of toying around in my head and I had really no idea how to get it out there to people. So I think two days before the, the, uh, the Senate uh, went to vote, I bought the domain name and kind of just started building it over the weekend and then set up a GoFundMe, not really thinking that it was going to take, take off too much. And I thought maybe the GoFundMe might, get a few dollars in to keep the website going and stuff, but someone posted it on Reddit and literally overnight it, it exploded. Um, but yeah, I, I, the, the primary idea for the website was, you know, to purchase these, these congressmen and legislators and senators web histories and put them online for everybody to see, to show them what it would be like, what it's like for us to have our privacy violated and taken away from us. And, that's that's kind of the idea that I was going for. I'll come back to that in just a minute. Uh, explain to me, if you don't mind, I know what GoFundMe is. Most people understand what crowdsourcing is. But can you sure. explain the parameters of this per particular campaign, how long it runs, um, how transparent you have to be with however little or however much money you end up having? I mean, you're over 200 grand right now. Uh, what are the, the specific parameters of this GoFundMe campaign? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's checks and balances. I've been in contact with my, I guess, campaign manager at GoFundMe who helps me kind of like, you know, keep up with updates and all that stuff. But no, it can, from what I've been able to ascertain and what I've read, it can go indefinitely, but I don't plan on, you know, running this out for the next 10 years or something. I 
I want to do something. I've put out a lot of feelers trying to get some information, and hopefully I'll know something you know, next week or the week before. But um, if I don't get any results, the money goes back to the donors. I've, I've explicitly said that in the GoFundMe and on the website. And if people don't want their donation back of 5 to $10, they can go to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. I'm not going to get any of the cash there won't be any of that sure as, as far as exposing the internet um usage of 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 anybody for that matter but political um heads have, did you do any research on the legalities of this idea is it I'm not understanding whether this is even possible or slash maybe even legal have you spent much time thinking about that yeah i've been in contact with a with a lawyer helping me maintain being well within the letter of the law with all my requests and what I'm, how I'm trying to get this data. But, you know, it wouldn't be, it would be illegal, you know, if they hadn't repealed the rule. I mean, the whole point of this rule was that the internet service providers do not want you to, they don't have to let you opt in to their selling of your data. Now they don't have to ask you, do you want to opt in? You're automatically opted in. And a lot of people won't realize that. Yeah, I, I guess the whole thing is I have been staying well within the legal confines of the law. I've been in contact with sure. several lawyers and stuff. So, all right. Well, I, I, kind of- I hear you. I understand. I, I am not. Uh, I'll let you go here shortly. I know you got to get going, but I, I am not an expert here at all. I'm not sure. a, in the laws of of uh, privacy and the laws of Internet usage. But what I am understanding from a lot of I've done a lot of research over this in the last two days, day and a half. There are a lot of people saying that it is absolutely positively not possible and maybe not necessarily legal to expose, you know, for just a perf- the top example, Paul Ryan's uni- internet usage. Right. I, I, well, I can't give you the, the legal banter as to why, but that seems to be a very prominent opinion. What do you say to that? Well, I mean, it's, it could be a pom- prominent opinion, and I'm not going to expose myself to any sort of legal issues. I wouldn't necessarily expose any, if, if I were to able to get some of this information and it had national security secrets in it i'm not going to release that obviously not um you know i would release it well within the parameters of what my my law team has you know helped me with but it it is technically possible to get the data the internet service providers have your account information and they have your ip address and they can attach those two together i mean it's how they know how much data you're using each month if they know where you're going they can add that to your daily allowance of how much, you know, before they start um, throttling your bandwidth. And this, this whole scenario, it may not exist today. There may not be a situation today in which there is a mechanism for me to go out and purchase your data or find your specific IP address, but that data is coming. That day is coming because if the telecom industry didn't want to do this, if they didn't want you to uh, opt out, why repeal this law? That's my whole thing is if they're protecting your privacy and they're all about your privacy and they're, they're going to protect you, why lobby Congress to repeal it? I think, so, I, but I think, I think that the big argument has been that right now that this is not doable, but you're saying your, your, your fear is that it will be, and you'll be ready when that, when that happens. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm exploring some different avenues right now. So I do have some options to get some of the data that is legal and I'm, that's that's the route I'm going, and I don't want to tip my hand to what that is because I don't want someone to come around and be like, oh, well, now we can stop it because we know how he's getting this information. Now, I may not be able to get some information, and I've made that clear too, but the whole point is I want to get, I want to get this out there for people to, to see. I want it to get it into the public's eye because I don't think 
the the government wanted you to know about this. I didn't think the telecom industry doesn't want it you know about this and you know the market has spoken people well, I have can agree, thrown yeah. in i can agree with yeah. you there they don't want people to know any more about it there's no doubt about that adam yeah. McElhaney is uh on my guest here what would you say to criticism that you're being kind of a privacy champion that a campaign like this kind of takes your ideals and your values and completely kind of throws them out when you try to infringe more on others it's kind of hypocritical what would you say to that criticism why criticize me when you can be out there criticizing your government for doing this you should be out there beating down Congress's door, demanding that you have rights and privacy and stop eroding your civil liberties. Why are you attacking me when you should be attacking those who took it away from you? I'm trying to get you aware of it. And if I hadn't done this, you wouldn't be aware of it. And regardless of any situation, of any GoFundMe policies, of anything that happens, any person who's donated, you're fully prepared to to completely re refund every penny if, if for whatever reason, if they'd like, if they want their money back. 100%. They, everybody can get it all back or they can donate to the EFF. I won't get a dime of it. All right, Adam, thank you very much. Uh, I know it's been busy, and I, I asked for your time on the fly quickly, and you came through, and I do appreciate that. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks a lot. So that's two weeks in a row now, a couple of shows that are perfect examples of the mission statement of this overall podcast. Expanding on things you're already talking about, bringing up things that you will eventually talk about. Special edition of the long-form interview show on April 9th at the Chattanooga Film Festival, and then we'll see what happens next week. This is my time of year, guys. This is when I feel alive. It's April, and if I have a good April, that means the year is going well. And if I get into June and I have a good June, because June is my second favorite month, and that means I'm having a good year period all the way around. And damn it, I needed it. And damn it, I deserve it. And so do you. So we'll talk to you again here soon. Don't be a fraud. The truth is easy to remember. And because of the continued listenership building each and every week, this space is growing, and I ask you to continue to watch it. Appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Y'all have a good one. See ya. Bye.